You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. What is good, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Eight No Seats. We're here to break down Kansas versus Oklahoma State this week, and I'm super excited about this guest. Um, I think most of you that pay attention to just sports in the area, or KCSN as a whole, um, Tucker Franklin, one of my good friends, um, told me to have this guy on, John Walker. He covers everything Oklahoma State down at the Stillwater News Press. John, thank you so much for coming on, and how are you feeling about this Oklahoma State team after a big win on Friday? Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on, and, and shout out to Tucker, obviously. Um, but but yeah, they they feel pretty good in Stillwater, um, as you can imagine. You know, back to back losses, entering the bye, and got a uh, got revenge in a way on a on a K State team that that handed them the worst loss of the Mike Gundy era in Manhattan a year ago. So they feel pretty good around here. Um, I personally still think there's there's a few questions that I'm sure we'll dive into, um, particularly about uh, about OSU's offense. Um, so you know we'll we'll obviously get a good look at, at what the folks bring to uh, bring to the bring to the table in Boone Pickens Stadium this Saturday. Yeah, so obviously KU KU fans know how good K State is. Um, they they won the Big Twelve Championship last mm-hmm. year against a team that played um, in the Big Twelve Championship, or yeah, a team that played in the National Championship, TCU. Um, so KU fans are obviously a little worried. I mean, Oklahoma State won that game pretty handily. I know K State kind of made it tight at the end, but yeah. do you think it was a mixture of K State just kind of having an off night offensively, or do you think Oklahoma State did stuff defensively to kind of slow down that K State offense? Maybe a little bit of both. They have a first year defensive coordinator. Came from Gannon University, a Division two school. Um, OSU does. And so I think, you know, he got the first four weeks to kind of see what maybe their defensive identity was. And he had a whole, you know, almost two weeks uh, to prepare for K-State. So I think a little bit of that. Um, but I, you know, I, I'd be foolish to say that K-State didn't have an off night offensively, right? Like Will Howard, less than 100, less than 200 yards completed less than half his passes, three picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is not the Will Howard we saw a year ago at all. Um, and if that was Will Howard from a year ago, you know, the, the, the Wildcats are probably not big 12 champs. Um, so I, I think it was, I think it was probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like there were some rumors going around in Stillwater that things weren't great in the locker room just after, yeah. after the losing streak, they obviously lose to South Alabama they yeah. lose at they lose in Ames. Do you feel a big shift um, around the team and in the locker room with those guys after a big win like that? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, they they kind of skated by through the first couple of weeks. Opened the season with like a uh, thirty or a uh, twenty-seven to thirteen win over Central Arkansas. Went to Tempe, uh, won at Arizona State. You know, a team that was starting Jaden Rashada, true freshman. But they were still kind of like giddy, you know. They things were still on track, and then they had the South Alabama loss, and things were pretty somber that night in the post game presser. Gundy players, you know, you kind of name it, um, kind of the same way in Ames. Um, just a, a brutal way to to one have your worst non conference loss in 
I don't know. I think it's like since 91 to obviously a, a group of five school. Um, and, and then to lose your conference opener in Ames against a team that had scored seven points the week before on Ohio. Um, you know, they were, they were pretty brutal there for a couple of weeks. Um, and then we had a pretty eventful off week too. Some things happened personnel wise. Um, but now you could tell that there was an energy. There was a certain type of expectation. Um, maybe after that K-State game of like, oh, we are still a team that has, you know, Mike Gundy, who's been to, I think, like 17 straight bowls or something like that. You know, we we still have that guy as our head coach. Um, you know, we, we're still fine. Everything we want in front of us. That's kind of what it, what the energy seemed like this week. Yeah, so the the quarterback situation was obviously weird there for a little bit. Yeah. We, talked to, yeah. we talked about it the first few weeks. It was Wrangle, it was Gundy, it was Bowman. Mm-hmm. And then they lose, I think it was 33-7 to against South Alabama. And what made them go with Alan Bowman after that? What did they see with him to make him the starter going forward? Yeah, so so I'd asked Mike Gundy that on on Monday, um, kind of after the press conference, and, and he had just talked about Alan Bowman and his experience. You know, he was at Texas Tech for three years, um, was at Michigan for two years. You know, his experience, Mike Gundy felt like, gave the Pokes the best chance to win because he can get to the line, make a read quicker than, you know, maybe, maybe Gunnar Gundy can as a, as a redshirt sophomore. Um, and, and certainly Garrett Rangel as a, as a redshirt freshman, you know, I mean, the things that Alan Bowman has seen compared to those two guys put together is, you know, uh, gives him the advantage in that front. And so they, they really thought that their best chance to move the ball um, now they lost their top receiver. I don't know how many people in Lawrence know that, but the John Stribling, Washington State transfer, he's done for the year. Um, so they 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 kind of figured their best course of action moving forward, it seems, is to get the ball out of Allen's hands quickly. He's not the most mobile guy, has enough mobility to to maybe maneuver out of a situation, but he's certainly not Jason Bean. He's certainly not Jalen Daniels. Um, so that's that's kind of why they they led to him the experience. Um, and the things that come with that experience uh, in return. Yeah, yeah. I was going to actually ask you to just talk about his game a little bit because I've watched him the last few weeks and the numbers haven't been crazy impressive. Right. But being an experienced quarterback in college football is massive, especially at home where you're comfortable. But what I guess what are your what are your takes from his two performances last the last two weeks? And how are the fans as a whole feeling about Alan Bowman as a starter going forward? Yeah, so you know, I think I think that South Alabama game is probably, depending on how this season goes, I think is going to be a pretty good like point to measure this season. And so you talk about that South Alabama game; he got the start as a part. That was like the last game we saw the three quarterback rotation, and threw a pick, was not playing well, and fans like booed him off the field at home, which is you know that can be a tough spot to be in. Um, especially when you have two other guys who they're like, you know, we could just put them in essentially. And so, but since then, you know, he gets the start, the start in Ames. Uh, we found out maybe an hour before kickoff that he was going to, you know, go the whole way, making him the first quarterback this season to do that at OSU. And he, he played decently well in that game, wanted to take shots accordingly. Um, but you know, he was the first person to tell you after the game, his first of two interceptions in that one. Um, was was a momentum killer. They had the ball coming out of half, an opportunity to take a lead, boom, throws a pick. Um, kind of an errant throw on his part. He admitted that. 
And then at the end, you know, was, was trying to make a play on fourth down and throw a pick. But he, you know, credit to Alan Bowman, he had them in that game late. That's for sure. Uh, and then coming out of the bye against K-State, his numbers, as you kind of said, aren't going to jump out of the box score. Like that that just doesn't seem to be the Alan Bowman MO. Um, but he did have, he was like 12 of 22 for a buck 99 at half against K-State. And you were like, whoa, where's this guy been? And I think he ended up with only like 230 or something like that. They turned him into more of a game manager in the second yeah. half since they were protecting that lead, obviously. But, you know, I, I think he is probably the best course of action for this offense moving forward as he sh- kind of showcased. They'll have another year to get experience under Gunnar Gundy or Garrett Rangel. They've got a pretty salty freshman kind of in the on deck in Zane Flores. Um, he was the Gatorade Nebraska player of the year last year. Um, so they'll they'll kind of ride Alan Bowman in, in what's likely his final year of college football and, and kind of get some of those other guys' experience. But but yeah, I, I think that he's probably stylistically their best course of action moving forward. Yeah, so I guess from a KU a KU fans listener's mm-hmm. standpoint with um with Bowman, can you kind of just expect them obviously to get the ground game going with mm-hmm. Ollie Gordon and then just quick hitters all all game really from Alan Bowman? Like is he a guy that's gonna take deep shots? They so the they they love to try to be balanced. Now try is the big part of that. Um, they've had some things where maybe they you know they've got turned one dimensional. They've been downing games, you know what, and and they they've really just been kind of turned as I said one dimensional in some instances. And so they they love to try and get the game the the run game going. They've struggled to at times. And I think, you know, the the running backs, the offensive line, Gundy would probably be the first people to say it, you know. Um, but I think against K-State, we saw what they can be when they're balanced. But that seems to be the the identity of the offense. Try to establish the run with Ollie Gordon. Um, in certain situations, they'll use, you know, Elijah Collins and, and Jaden Nixon, um, kind of their, their two and three at running back. But they'd love to get Ali Gordon going. And in, in turn, you know, I kind of mentioned that in in Ames, Alan Bowman took shots accordingly and they called shots accordingly. It was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna suck you up to the line of scrimmage. Boom, we're th- we're taking a shot. Um now again, that's probably impacted a little bit with the loss of uh of their top receiver. But they showed last week um against K-State that they're still willing to take a shot if it prevent- prevents itself. But yeah, probably probably trying to get the run game going. A lot of dink and dunk, and then you know probably just regular script wise in those second and short situations. Um, maybe after three straight handoffs, you know we're going to run play action and, and and lob it up. Yeah, so let's talk about Ollie Gordon a little bit because I feel like he started off the year a little slow. The offense mm-hmm. was a little sluggish, and then obviously the last two weeks he's really exploded. And that's we talked about the pass game; it hasn't been crazy explosive. I think no. um, Bowman's been around fifty percent. Um, percentage. So yeah, Ollie Gordon, 18 for 121 at Iowa State and then 21 for 136 against K-State. He usually has a really solid um, defense, obviously. So what what do you think has changed, I guess, up front uh, for Oklahoma State and in the on the ground game? And should KU be pretty worried about a guy like Ollie Gordon on Saturday? Yeah, if, if, if um, you know, I'd kind of say this about any team in the Big 12 face at Oklahoma State. If Ollie Gordon gets going, you know, he's, he's certainly... Um, you know, a weapon that that Oklahoma State is going to use if you know if, if he's the hot hand. And and on that kind of same note, I think that's why Ollie Gordon has kind of had this emergence. They rotated running backs as much as they rotated quarterbacks throughout the first couple of games. 
Um, that second half at Arizona State, I think they rushed the ball for like 116 in the second half. He had like 45 of those on the opening drive out of the locker room. And it was like, okay, this is, you know, maybe this is the beginning of the end of the running back rotation. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, kind of had, he's kind of had the keys to the we, uh, keys to the vehicle the past couple of games. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely want to, want to get, you know, try to, they've been trying to more get Ollie Gordon going in terms of how they've been able to do that. You know, obviously on his part, not having the ability to be yanked immediately after, you know, maybe a small mistake, you miss a cutback, you do whatever. When we got two running backs, we're pulling you for, you know, that, that hasn't really seemed to be the case over the past couple of games. And they changed some things. Mike Gundy hasn't revealed quite, quite what, um, but they changed some things schematically along the offensive line, along with you know, some personnel around. Um, so that's that's kind of why they've been able to hang their hat on the run um, the past couple of weeks, or or at least be better than they were. You know, certainly uh, against Central Arkansas and and against Arizona State and and against South Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Because from a KU standpoint, I just I've never never disrespected um, Alan Bowman. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, like you said. Right, right. He's been around. He's played in the Big 12. He transferred to Michigan. He's a huge program. But from my standpoint, I feel like why wouldn't teams just start to stack the box a little bit mm-hmm. against um, Oklahoma State, make Ollie – see, obviously try to slow down Ollie Gordon, but make um, make Bowman try to beat you. Is that yeah. is that things teams have tried to do the last few mm-hmm. weeks? Or is that a thing that worries you too? No, that's, you know, if, if, you know, anybody could go back and watch the the South Alabama game, that's how they did it. And, and South Alabama was pretty open about that after they, they came to Stillwater and, and upset OSU. They said, we, we knew that if we could shut their run game, we were going to turn them one dimensional. And if we did that now, granted, this is when OSU was still rotating quarterbacks. So I'm not sure if it'd be any different nowadays. Um, but they knew that the 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 weakness of OSU's team of of OSU's offense in a way was to force whoever was in it quarterback Alan Bowman moving forward to beat them, and it didn't work that night. Um, Iowa State tried it a little bit, but I think OSU protected really well in Ames, and in, in the same kind of stayed true against K State last week. But yeah, I mean teams that want to stack the box and and force OSU to throw it over you. They've had success so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, before we talk about the offense more, I wanted to talk about one of our sponsors, Home Field Apparel. We love them. Oklahoma State fans that are listening to your boy John talk, they have elite stuff for you guys too. They have elite designs for every school in the country. Really, really nice material. Like I said, we love them. They always take care of us. We've loved Home Field before they even sponsored us, and we've we have a bunch of their stuff. We make our families spend money on their stuff and our friends, we get our friends and their stuff. So we love home field. You can still get 15% off a discount by using no seats 23. Um, thank you. Home field. As always, you guys should go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Go get you some Oklahoma state gear or whatever school you like. If you're listening to this game for like a betting preview for, from another school school or something, go check out those designs. They're elite. Go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com, no seats, 23, 15% off the disc at uh, checkout. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you talked about the blow in the receiver room, obviously, and I wanted to talk about the other the other two guys, Jaden Bray and Brennan Presley. I think a lot of people are obviously familiar with Presley. He's been in the Big 12 for a while, put up numbers. He's dangerous in the return game. So can you kind of talk about those weapons and what, uh, will they be tough for Kansas' secondary to slow down? Yeah, Jaden Jaden Bray's a guy who's still trying to find himself in a way. You know, he he plays a he's a redshirt sophomore now, so his third year at OSU. Played quite a bit as a true freshman um, last year. Really battled some injury things. Um, has a has a pretty nice scar along the outside of his thumb on his uh, left hand, I believe. Or I guess the inside of his thumb that would be on uh, on his left hand, um, where he had surgery, injured that in training camp last year caught a pass in one of their first few games, re-aggravated it, came back, re-aggravated it, and was done for the rest of the year. You know, he's still trying to find his footing. Um, but but he's shown that in the absence of, you know, Dijon Stridling, you know, he's he's a he's a target that, you know, OSU wants to to try and get the ball to. Brendan Presley, I mean, is, you know, for a few years, it seemed like Brendan Presley was, you know, maybe maybe OSU's entire offense, or at least it revolved around him, you know, using him in motion to, to sway a defense which way. And that's really what the Cowboys have returned to. They wanted to get Brendan Presley the ball. I'd imagine Kansas is going to do this because why would you not? They've taken him away. Um, so in, in, in return, you know, Casey Dunn, OSU's offensive coordinator, has implemented more motion. To try and uh, to try and you know again use him to, to sway a defense out of position in some instances, um, but they that's kind of been a recurring theme throughout the first half of the season at OSU. It, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard oh, we need to get Brennan the ball more. Brennan needs more touches. Um, so maybe that'll be a point of emphasis this week, especially with with again Dejon Stribling being out for the season. Um, but another guy to watch for is Rashad Owens. Um, number 10, they, they've taken quite a few deep shots to him. He's been with the program for a few years. Um, anybody who doesn't follow OSU too closely, they had this weird position called a cowboy back for like years. And it was like a hybrid tight end fullback essentially. Um, now they, they've kind of switched to tight ends and, and fullback separate, but, but point being long meandering way to say Rashad Owens was a, was a receiver. When he first got to OSU, was a cowboy back, and now he's transitioned back to receiver. 
um, as you could imagine, I mean, he's massive now for, for receiver's sake because he had to play, you know, cowboy back. He was in the trenches in a way. And so they've, they've loved to go to him in, in kind of downfield situations because, you know, big body receiver, let him go up and get it. That's what they had in Stribling, um, lost that. And and now that in some instances, they've tried to replicate it with, with Rashad Owens. Yeah. So before we really tap into the defense, I kind of wanted to bring this up before I forget it. I talked about how KU or other teams should just stack the box and mm-hmm. get Dolly Gordon, make Bowman beat them. Do you think Oklahoma Oklahoma State fans are kind of looking at Kansas that same way where Jason Bean threw it for, threw the ball uh, last week, 90 yards, 8 for 12, um, and KU ran for 399. So do you think Oklahoma State fans are kind of looking at KU the same way where you try to you just let Jason Bean beat you and see what happens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for OSU's sake, you know, Jason Bean had a had a had a pretty good game against them last year. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really have to do with anything he did through the air, right? Like he he was still good in that game. Let's see, I've got to be Bean last year carried the ball or has carried the ball against OSU this year. Uh 19 times 91 yards, I think, is what I had written down. That's probably wrong. Who knows? But uh again, uh this year or against Oklahoma State last year? This year, this year, this year. Uh yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's so, you know, he he's he's kind of shown that he's wanted to run. Um appropriately though like that's the that's the thing about kansas they're not they're not going to just like aimlessly run right like they they they've schemed too well the Mm -hmm. coordinators have been with lance leipold for for this long you know they they kind of know exactly what they want they're all on the same page and they've done it really well um but you know the the number six rushing offense in the country the odds would probably tell you if you can try and do anything you can to slow down the run you know whether that be Jalen Daniels or Jason Beans in there, you want to stack the box. The problem, I think, on OSU's end, um, they switched to a 3-3-5 this year. And they've shown some forefront. And and obviously, the the point of the 3-3-5 is to kind of create some confusion on the defense. Um, but how can you manufacture ways or at least simulate pressure as if you're going to stack the box? Because I think that's... You know, if you're if you're gonna hang in there with Kansas, I think we saw Texas do it a little bit. Um, you you got to get pressure in the backfield, otherwise it's not gonna work. Yeah, I we talked about Oklahoma State this uh, at the beginning of the week, and we kind of talked about how they've had a badass defense now for a while. Last year, yeah. the last few years, do you think their defense has dropped off a lot, or do you think they're just they're trying to figure things out? Because I'm just confused about this defense. There's been right. weeks where they get gashed on the ground. And then they go to Oak, they go to Iowa State and they stuff the run, but Rocco Beck was kind of good through the air. So I'm just kind of confused on this defense. Are they still? Do you think they have the personnel to be a good defense, or do you think it's just kind of trying to gel together still? So they've got they've got some. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, they're they're developing guys. There is no question about that. Specifically in the back end, like if I was a, if I was you know kind of looking at this from KU's perspective, I think I would want to throw it. Um, because that's that's probably where the Cowboys are the most inexperienced on defense, um, and they've got some some fresh middle linebackers too. Nick Martin, who I think has probably been their MVP through the first five weeks or at five games anyway, um, he he has really stepped up for I believe a guy who's only a, a redshirt freshman or sophomore maybe, um, but but he has. Um, but yeah, this this defense has been confusing. 
it, it really has for those reasons that you just said it's like man we got i don't even remember what it was 200 plus put up on us by south alabama's by south alabama's run game and it's like what just happened yeah um they looked fine throughout the first couple of weeks and then that happened and then yeah i kind of mentioned it earlier they went up to Ames and Iowa State had just scored seven points the week before against Ohio. Not Ohio State, just Ohio. And you were like, okay, this is a get right game for the Cowboys defense. You know, just just got blown out by South Alabama. This is the chance. And they gave up 34 to the Cyclones. And exactly. And they were right. successful on the ground. No, no. And that was the thing. It was like, okay, Rocco Beck threw for 348, was named the National Freshman of the Week. It was like, this guy had, you know, maybe that combined entering that game. I don't, I, I'm being facetious and making that up, obviously. But, you know, Rocco Beck hadn't, hadn't looked like the star that Oklahoma State made him look like. And then yeah. completely, you know, stymie Will Howard. And so it was like, okay, what, what version of this defense are we going to get on a weekly basis? I think we'll, this week in particular will be their biggest test until they play OU here here on uh, November fourth. Um, but so I I really think this is a big week for the for the Cowboys to get tested. Yeah, it's just like like we both just said. It's just weird because we you talked about yeah. Will, Will Howard kind of at the top of the show where he he really struggled uh, in Stillwater Friday night. Kind of looked like freshman year Will Howard where. Yeah. Went was great yeah, last yeah. year. He's been good this year. They obviously won the Big 12 title with him. I think he's a good quarterback. But then K-State was still pretty mildly successful on the on the ground, which a lot of that came from a long run from Will Howard. But right. just really confused on Oklahoma State's defense. Um, is there any key names that we need to know on the defense? I guess you can touch on all position groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, secondary, D-line, up front, front seven. So I've got an interesting tidbit on on the Will Howard thing before I kind of dive into that. So uh, I dug quite a bit this week because I was like, man, Will Howard like completed less than half his passes, had less than 200 yards, had three touchdowns. Like that doesn't happen too often. And so Quinn Ewers actually completed less than half his passes and had three touchdowns versus OSU last year, but he threw for like 310. And so it was like, ah, you know, so the last quarterback to to throw for under 200 yards, complete less than half their passes, and throw three interceptions against OSU was Trevon Boykin in 2013. TCU? Like, TCU, baby. Yeah. So so just, you know, that's <laughs> no, no, like historically what they were able to do against Will Howard last week. Like turn the, turn, you know, the quarterback of the reigning Big 12 champs into a non-factor. And it was like, what? Um guys who had a big part to do with that and guys who you know will probably have a big part to do with the Cowboys defensive scheme this week in in Stillwater uh Kendall Daniels again they they moved to that 335 um he kind of plays that that rover um I guess in some instances you know people who follow the NFL closely would would know it as probably that like Jalen Ramsey star role that the Rams came up with um where he just wherever he's needed you need him in man, cool. You need him to cover it. You know, you need him to to, to fill a zone, cool. Quarterbacks five, they'll do it. Rush, that too. Um, so so Kendall Daniels, you know, reigning Big Twelve defensive freshman of the year. That's a, that's the name to watch on this defense. The other one, Colin Oliver. Um, people are probably you know quite familiar with him. Uh, still settling in, as weird as that is to say. He he was defensive end, and now he plays more of that like 
hybrid edge role that that we've all grown accustomed to. You know, you see guys like Bond Miller, you know, they're a stand-up linebacker. And at the snap, they could drop back into the flat. That's kind of what the what this defense is, has done with Colin Oliver. But those two guys for sure, and and then Nick Martin in the middle of the defense, a guy who stepped up and 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 really hasn't looked back since. Um, is there any certain aspect on either side of the ball where you think Oklahoma State can kind of expose, maybe not expose KU, but right. can kind of get them? Um, offensively, it would have to be, you have to try and establish the run, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because you're going to throw against that secondary. Okay. You know, like it, that secondary does not get torched very often. Um, I don't know what numbers were put up on them against Texas. But yeah, I, I just that 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 secondary with with Kobe Bryant and back there does not get you know big numbers put up on them very often. And so I I would assume you try to write plays right into OSU's philosophy, try and establish the run, try to get Ollie Gordon going early. Defensively, um, I think again what what you had mentioned, I think they're probably going to try and simulate pressure. Um, really, really flustered Will Howard last week. That's a big part of why he had the game he did. They were able to have bodies in, on him, around him, um, nearly every play. And so I think they'll probably try to do the same thing with Jason Bean, speed him up a little bit, speed speed kind of their their backfield operation up a little bit. But, I mean, no, you know, it, if it was easy to slow down Kansas's rushing attack, they wouldn't be number six in the country right now. Yeah, yeah. So I want to get into a little more and then game predictions. Um, but let's take one quick last break and then we'll get to that. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Uh, I guess before game predictions, is there anything we should know about just Oklahoma State from a personnel standpoint, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, is there anything, any good, great things, anything that I guess KU fans should be um, giddy about? I guess just tell us a little more about Oklahoma State. Yeah, kind of, kind of the the thing that moving to the three three five has allowed OSU to go back to like a true nose tackle um, on defense, and so we talked about a big part of them for uh, their defensive approach would should hopefully will be for their sake trying to slow down the run now how successful you'll be in that you know good luck um but they they went out and got a couple of nose tackles um had one on the roster kind of converted him from defensive tackle to, to nose colin clay um and, and justin kirkland a guy from utah tech went on a mission trip i believe so last year you know he, he graduated in like 19 but last year was his freshman year of college football so he was at utah tech um he's like six foot four 346 pounds and so you know just uh just a a wrecking ball in terms of mass in in the uh in the middle of the defensive line of scrimmage for osu that in turn you know has kind of allowed them to uh to when they go in some of those four four fronts you know those are that's a lot of mass between colin clay and justin kirkland right there in the middle so i'd imagine you know, KU fans can expect to see a lot of them right there uh, in the trenches for OSU's defense. Otherwise, offensively, you know, we kind of talked about it. I, I think Brennan Pren- Brennan Presley is going to be a focal point. Um, OSU was on OSU had seventy five snaps against K State, and Brennan Presley was in motion for twenty five of them. So 
whether it's they're doing that to get him the ball in some instances, you know, they'll run like the zig motion and it's essentially counter. They're giving it to him on a bubble out of the backfield. Um, whether it be, again, trying to throw the defense off. We know we're running a play with Ollie Gordon to the right. We're going to motion Brennan to the left and try to get the linebackers to flow a little bit. Um, those are those are probably the two things. You know, I, I think maybe OSU's more personnel suited to stop the run than a year ago in Lawrence. Um, but again, that's not me saying that they're going to slow down Kansas. I, I think Kansas's offense is, is really, really good at what they do. Um, and Jason Bean's shown that he's, you know, he's a serviceable fill-in for the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, Jalen Daniels. Um, but then offensively for the Pokes, yeah, expect a, a heavy dose of Brennan Presley, whether he has the ball or not. Um, you're you're going to see a lot of out of out of him, I'd imagine. Um, are you are you allowed to talk gambling at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just one of our sponsors, DraftKings. I was just looking at the book, and they have it at. I think it opened around plus or minus three and a half Kansas. It's down, okay. it's down to minus three. Okay, he's a three-point favorite. The over-under is 56, which mm. I don't know how I feel about that because I think both yeah. teams are going to try to pound it on the ground. If, mm. if you had to, I guess, pick a favorite bet or pick a side, um, what side would you take for this game on Saturday? I'm going to go I'm gonna go the, the under, I, I fear. That one could bite me. Because, of course, it would just seem right for this game to be a shootout, right? Like, in the 40, like, yeah, of course it would. I'm going to go the under. Um, for the uh, for the spread, I'm going to... That's tough. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... I'm going to take Kansas. Three? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Kansas. Yeah, um, down to three. It was the over... The total was up to 58 and a half or 59, so it's moved, like, yeah. three points, which... I kind of had a feeling yeah. that would happen, and I think the yeah. only way it could really go over is just guys, Ollie Gordon, Devin Neal, and those guys just busting runs. I yeah. don't see really either offense beating secondaries uh, uh, over the top, but yeah, I I like the under yeah. still at fifty six, and I like I mean I like KU at minus three, but I still think a really good coach and that's, Gundy uh, that's you're at saying. home getting a field goal, so I think it could it really could go either way. But yeah, it's wild. I don't know if you know this, but KU. If they win, if they win on Saturday, it'll be the second. I saw time this in program history that they've went bowling in back to back years, and they obviously beat Oklahoma State last year to yeah. go bowling, and this year it could be the same. So it'll be a huge day um, in Stillwater. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of KU fans going down, so I guess if you oh, have, for sure. if you have any suggestions or any places that they should stop by or what the tailgating experience is like, yeah. go ahead and shout those out. So I've got a couple of things. I've got to redeem myself from last year. I I was like four games into the beat, okay? Like I joined OSU <laughs> mid-season and made the trip to Lawrence and I tweeted right as the game ended, like the goalposts are coming down, oh my, okay? And a lot of people Who quote tweeted that and they were like, oh, you're fun at parties. Like, oh my, what do you mean, oh my? But I grew up in the Kansas City area. And so I've had, you know, KU was kind of in my backyard. And so I've seen the struggles firsthand. And the oh my that, pe- <laughs> that, that people kind of blew up over. I was just saying like, oh my to the anarchy, not oh my KU celebrating. Yeah. So not that the air is clear on that. <laughs> that's social media. People take them no, the way they want to take them. It's yeah, crazy. that's okay. That, that's okay. Um, I was happy for the Jayhawks. You know, I hope they go bowling again this year, um, you know, I, I'd love to have 
and, and watch from a, have an up close look in some instances like this weekend and and certainly watch from afar what Lance Leipold has, has done at KU. I mean, it's it's ridiculous in the short of amount of time, right? Uh, but anybody coming out of Stilly this weekend, I think the thing that I that people told me when I first moved down here um, is the thing that I'll relay along. Eskimo Joe's, they're like famous for their cheese fries. Have like, do you guys have an Eskimo Joe's? I, no. I, I, yeah, I actually, I went in like 2013 when Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid were fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball game, but every, I just, it's just funny because everyone says to go there. It was fun. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. Cool atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, so I go to Eskimo Joe's. I get cheese fries. You can put just about anything you can imagine on them. Um, sweet pepper bacon is my go-to. So that's, you know, if anybody needs the, the personal wreck. Um, otherwise the tailgating scene, it's a lot better, I think this year than, than maybe it was last year. I get to the games pretty early. And so I truthfully have, um, have no clue, but I know from the, from the media lot is probably like a quarter mile away from the media parking to the stadium entrance for, for, you know, credential people. It, uh, you see quite a few of them. I think I see more than I did last year. Um, OSU just announced today that like all seven home games are sold out for the year. Obviously, some of them already happened, but like they play host KU this weekend, obviously, Cincinnati in a couple of weeks for homecoming. Um, and then they host Bedlam, of course, and BYU for the regular season finale. Those were all already sold out. And so I I that's nuts for a team that was, you know, two and two a week ago is three and two right now. Um so yeah, I Anybody coming down, go to Eskimo Joe's, walk across the street. You'll probably have, you know, a hell of a tailgate experience, I'd imagine. Um, and that just seems like one of those games where you're you're gonna need a couple. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be a stressful one. And KU's obviously trying to go bowling and try to prove right. that they're one of the best teams in the conference. So yeah, this was great. Obviously, I have so much respect for Tucker. He's one of my favorite people in the world. And That's when I guy. said to you, I had to do it. I wasn't gonna reach out to anyone else. He's I love him so much. So I really appreciate you coming on, man. This was this was great. And I can't can't wait to talk to you about, I guess, Oklahoma State, KU hoops in the future. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Again, thanks for Tucker. But but more importantly, you know, th- thanks for having me on. Um, we'll do it again and I don't know when they play mid January or something like that. So so we'll do it all again in a couple of months. Awesome. Well, thank you and uh I'll probably hopefully see you in Stillwater this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.